What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Hollywood Already Did It, your podcast that comes out whenever movies are released during COVID-19 about movie reboots, remakes, sequels, adaptations, and other things that have been adapted from other materials. As always, I'm your host, Blake Schultz, and with me is my co-host, Terrence Tatum. Hello, everyone. And we are in week whatever of (laughs) COVID-19. It's August 2014th. August yep. 2014th. <laughs> uh, it's August 14th that week, and which means that Warner Brothers Animation is keeping our podcast alive yet again. With That's true. Another... They've been holding it down. <laughs> I love it. Keep going. More yeah. Mortal Kombat. More R-rated DC. Let's do this. This right. week we got Deathstroke, Knights and Dragons, the R-rated animated show originally intended for the CW Seed. Uh, and has been repurposed from 12 mini episodes into a movie. And like when, and like Frankenstein's monster, you can tell different people were involved. Yeah, they're tethered many hands because this story gets really, it's interesting. <laughs> uh, so what'd you think? Um, I uh, was not, of uh, all the DC uh, animated films that I've, I've seen, I usually think they, they always knock them out of the park they usually are infinitely better at their animation in their animated movies than uh than marvel who's basically given up on that that world this one however i was not that fond of um i felt about halfway through that i was like oh now this is more of a chore to watch i was never really entertained and it was all over with and oh i didn't really enjoy any of that i couldn't quite tell what it was uh some of it was i'm not a big fan of the animation style but that and some of it was like, I don't know if Deathstroke was quite a character that I wanted to see an entire film for. But I think the biggest thing is sort of what you led into is that when you start piecemealing different uh, shows together, like different episodes together, especially for the CW Seed, we know that the showrunner may not always be the same or the scriptwriter may not always be the same. So there's some of these beats and pieces that, yes, as a totality, they fit but it feels like they're basically kind of just being shoehorned together. And this weird bookend of having uh, him repeat the, the, the night story and use of the night story. I was like, oh, this just feels like you needed to tell a story and use a device and it doesn't work. For, for me, it didn't work. I was a little disappointed in the art style because I, I, <laughs> I actually really like it when shows try to change their style for where they are, but it really didn't fit in one 90 minute movie because you could tell when a different episode was based on the art style. And we kind of switched from classic looking Bruce Tim artwork to almost Beetlejuice animation, Tim Burton crooked houses, very purple backgrounds, this weird obtuse scenery to almost like graffiti or chalk Mm -hmm. backgrounded trees. And I found that very distracting because they only ever did it with the background. So the animation for the character models consistently remained like whatever DC's style guide is for these characters that always kind of have that Batman, Superman animated series samesiness to it. But it, it reminded me very much of when a comic book will change artists. And when you're reading an arc that changes artist and you're reading it weekly in a comic shop, it doesn't really bother you. Mm-hmm. But when you buy the trade and you turn the next page and everything is different, 
there there either feels like there needs to be a reason for it or just like a business reason and this very much felt like they wanted all of these episodes to have their own look and feel and stitch together to form this greater narrative almost redoing this hodgepodge of deathstroke's origin across different crises i guess of the dc continuity when you look right. at what he was pre-crisis and i guess this came out during rebirth or the new 52 it doesn't really matter um with jericho and his kids and his family but King rose yeah they never really leaned into changing that direction for a reason it felt like they just did it to do it correct um I, it was funny right i could tell right at the beginning when we did the flashback the first time when he was called out for his infidelities and you're like oh, okay this is a weird thing you're doing with having the kid kind of be in a red background i mean the, the, the affair being in the red background you're like oh, okay cool that that's an animation choice and then the very next scene is a, a battle sequence between like he and the bronze tiger and you're like well none of this blends together like i don't quite know what style we're in um and i'm now confused <laughs> yeah but i mean and it kicked off, I thought, very strongly. I, if only for the violence. If only to watch this hyper-violent Deathstroke animation, blood everywhere. It's yeah. almost a Kill Bill Tarantino-esque level of insanity. And I was all about it. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, they bury it in just awful dialogue. There is some dialogue. I put a note down. This cartoon does a very poor job of explaining other characters and it does it in a way that like if everybody that is watching this is an idiot and they've never actually studied or done anything with film tv or comics they're like i what, what note did i have that i was like why are they talking like this it was when oh yeah when he first saw lady, lady shiva and then he gave a a, a complete her like bio page of what she was like lady shiva some of you some people consider you to be the deadliest person that ever existed yada 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 i'm like why are we doing this why are we speaking like this right well we had to keep doing this <laughs> over exposition for a lot of these dc characters that i think most of their fans either know or will just accept right. we don't need to kind of monologue every time we're introduced to people we have to do this bizarre break-in with his wife and the jackal where they're just sort of explaining to each other who they are as if they are like on an awkward first date that also involves killing each other. Like right. we're rebooting Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Yeah. And and it and it doesn't stop. That happens throughout the entire film. And even at the very end, um spoilers, but like at the very end, the jackal's like, and I had a daughter too. And they actually have to show a scene that explains to, to Deathstroke what he was talking about. And I was like, how are you not quick enough just to pick up on like, oh, I killed your daughter. And like, then you said it, and then you have to verbalize it to him. Oh, that was your daughter? I'm like, guys, that, yes, that's what that, that's what that means. <laughs> Which was weird for a number of reasons. The first is that they throw in all of these dots to connect as if you've never played connect the dots before <laughs> we need to just have a random scene of deathstroke sleeping with another woman so that an hour and a half later we could have this pointless reveal <laughs> we have to then have to do the same thing with the jackal except he was already attacking slave right. the movie starts with his daughter alive 
and he's doing a mission that it seems like they would have kept doing anyways. Anyway. Yeah. So then when he comes back around to be to say it's all about the daughter and it's all about revenge and this is why I masterminded this whole scheme, it just doesn't really make a whole lot of structural sense when you began the movie in a place where he was already attacking him. Right. It would be as if the Death Star was built after the war already started <laughs> and the emperor was like i made this though i've had it the whole time yeah <laughs> which is very disappointing because when you look at the original i don't know if it's the original but i guess the beginnings of deathstroke's origin they're very close to this intense family drama this mercenary who has a code it has rules and isn't as bad as everybody else, but kind of just plays to the highest bidder. Mm -hmm. And when you look at his old family history in the comics, the way he loses his eye is, you know, his wife tries to shoot him when he loses his son to the, to the jackal, yeah. which we don't really get in this movie. So even like the tangible stakes that they're adapting from the comic aren't quite as heightened as they ever have been. And when you look at his kind of transformation in the comics from that kind of murk to anywhere else to sort of being the Teen Titans big foe to even how they did him in Arrow, where they always made him this kind of black and white yeah, he's guy. Right. You never really yeah. know which side he's going to be on. He's, but he won't play with the really bad guys, but he'll play with the bad guys. And they do a whole like, we're the same, no, I'm not thing. Right. But when you lose a lot of what made that character's origin great, be it, you know, the serum from Green Arrow or this incredibly bizarre family that requires years of therapy to survive. Right. And just sort of make it like, oh, no, you know, she left him, but then she got over it, I guess. Everyone gets over everything so quickly in this movie. Yeah. It just is one sentence of like, sorry, son, that I slit your throat accidentally when we were fighting. Uh, my bad. I didn't yeah. know about this daughter. And suddenly the son is like, what? Well, then we should be <laughs> fighting the other guy. Yeah. The who's like completely enraged at her father. It's like, you left my brother there to die? And then... She gets smacked around a little bit by the jackal, and she's like, "You know what, Dad? My bad. I read this all wrong. Let's go. Let's all call it a day." <laughs> and when they're part of the hive, which it felt like the hive really didn't have a reason to exist outside of this. I mean, they they try to work up this whole like, "Oh, well, the sun has all this psychic power, and it's going to be the biggest hive mind nuclear bomb without the bomb ever." but really she's just trying to help her brother and I guess helping him is imprisoning him for years. Yeah. Um, I guess that works. Like it, it, nobody's motivations really click because they kind of just keep doing things to torture Slade instead of building natural, meaningful relationships. Right. And I think that happens also because the way that these were made and being that they were on cwc they were all supposed to have ended in sort of like a cliffhanger that lets you continue on to go to the next one when you merge them together you just keep having these weird up and downs that you're like okay this now none of this really makes sense the way this it, narrative is being told 
it also almost makes sense that the beginning is the strongest one when he's on the island with this president and he's killed the worst guy and you're like wow i like this he'll take a job but then he'll look at the moral ambiguity and then threaten a world leader (laughs) what a cool guy and then we never play with that anymore like this he's a father who has a son and he never seems to like pass on that moral code there's never really a moment where he explains who he is or why he operates it's just kind of constant consequences to you know him lying to his wife about his wife and then you get this arbitrary thread that they're like well i want to be a knight to my son i was like none of this really means anything like other than you verbally saying it it doesn't really hold any weight to the story like oh i'm a knight and i want to become a knight to my parent i mean to my son all because of the story you read when i was like what well yeah i think thematically when you look at knights who are bound by honor and defend their land and their and their families and their kingdoms you're supposed to translate that to his own moral code and his land is his family and his son so it it should be more about fighting for his family and explaining that you know he's not as bad as the jackal or the the tiger black tiger or all of these other characters which also he stabs that dude the same way twice that guy cannot learn how to fight with his claws He's got brown Slager, brown, yeah, brown Slager's has got some issues. And he's like, oh, again? I'm like, yeah, well, then you might should stop this. You might you gotta, should back out of it. <laughs> it's the same move. He did it to you yeah. twice. You've got this <laughs> robot arm now. You think maybe you would have added some projectiles, but you really just want to keep using the Wolverine claws. Yeah. I get it. I also played Street Fighter 2 when I was a kid. It makes a lot of sense. It does. But right, when we get into this idea of knights and dragons, there's also no thematic dragon to coincide with that. Right. And it, I feel like, like you said, knights are an honorable bunch. And yes, at the end of the day, what Deathstroke does is honorable, but at no point should I, throughout this film, do I keep feeling like, oh, he keeps referring to himself as a knight. Do I feel he earned that? I, I, I was like, you're you're not a very honorable person overall. Like you had an affair, you murder at will without really any uh, type of conscience. I don't know if knight is the correct analogy you should be using to tell this story. Yeah, I almost wonder if they wanted there to be a season two or a sequel, quote unquote, in a different world where we would have shown that. Right, Because the whole movie is really more, I don't think I'm that bad, but clearly I am. <laughs> right. And they've never really played up Deathstroke as a, I guess he would still kind of be an anti-hero, but he's usually way more antagonistic to the DC heroes than he mm-hmm. is to anybody else. He doesn't really have the Catwoman or Harley Quinn thing where they kind of really switch over to the other side he's always playing to the highest bidder in the job and i think that's an interesting you know character to have but when you put him up against you know batmans or nightwings or teen titans or or green arrow and you start to really kind of see how he plays on that line is when you start to build that but without any heroes for him to play off of yeah you really only see 
well, I guess he's not as bad as the Jackal, but right. also he is. You're doing the comparative stakes, but you're like, the comparison to this guy, sure, he might be the worst, but that's only because he's killing the person who we're viewing this story through's eyes, family. Like, he, he's threatening them. But if I was watching this on the outside and looking at the both of them, they're basically the same. So, like, I, I can't really get behind him as a hero as you're trying to portray in this in this story because he's not very much doing heroic things and you and you're right you need to put in a hero on that side to show that he is in, he is neither that way nor this way he's in the middle and we don't unfortunately we don't have that extra layer that i think makes deathstroke work yeah there's not really any redemption like when you you look at him I mean, probably his biggest stuff, I would say, is him almost getting to be in the DCEU until the world <laughs> until, shut it down. Yeah. Um, his, the season two of Green Arrow and his long comic run with the Titans. Yeah. And in all of those, there's always like a redemptive arc or close to a hero arc or you at least see that he isn't the worst person on the planet. Mm -hmm. But when you even put a character like this into the DC universe and have him slashing off heads like he's the bride in Kill Bill, it's a lot harder to be like, sometimes he's like Batman. Right. When he's not. Not, yeah. Like, I think that's what makes Harley Quinn or Deadpool or these other anti-heroes work is they're very aware of their own stance correct they're, they're like dead in the deadpool movies right he never wants to be an x-man he knows he doesn't really fit like, in I, there right he's, his whole thing is i know i don't belong with these guys like i know that they're i'm too much of i'm too much of a wild card to be hanging with these dudes sure i like to play with them because they're they're fun i like to make fun of them but i don't i don't belong here same with harley and that's why the animated series works so well because you see both sides of the coin and she often dabbles with both but realizes that she belongs with neither um, and I think that's what makes that character pop. And I think most of the time he knows he's a villain, but he won't really ever side with like the Legion of Doom or the right. Justice League. There's no real ambition, but to set up his character in this movie as somebody who's just trying to do his best, but he doesn't. And then <laughs> right. he does the sacrifice play, but he can heal, so who cares? Yeah. And that, and I, again, that goes back, I've mentioned it many times before, anytime we start dealing with characters whose main power is a healing factor, you have to go an extra step or do something story-wise to make me care. Because I know at the end of the day, no matter what you do, how many cliffs you drop him off of, how many sharks you try to feed him to, he's going to be fine. Yeah, they, you know, they try to do like, oh, well, he blew up. So there's no way. And at first I was like, oh, this would be a cool like way to do an out of continuity. No one needs to worry about it. Sure, kill Deathstroke, blow him up to bits. Right. And then he washes on the island, which and got me wondering, because I know some of the CW Seed stuff for a while was supposed to be these weird animated like links to the CW shows that they wanted to yeah, do. Yeah, for a while there they were. Constantine's thing, I think, was in continuity. Yeah. The animated Constantine show they did, I believe, was in continuity with the Correct. CW shows. Was this maybe at one point meant to be like a Deathstroke prequel to how he got on the island? Because that I would have been. Oh, down that would have been. That would have been dope. 
Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. But it seems like this was all done off of a one-off because it seems like because the way that those CW shows were branching off and we were getting so many different versions, that I don't know if the continuity that they were doing where this, did, like, because they would make CWC animated shows in the summer sometimes, but all right, this is going to be the bridge to get back to the regular season when we come back. And I feel like that stopped. And I think this is now just its own separate thing. Um, because I, I feel like typically when they do the ones that are connected, they keep the same, like that actor would also voice, do the animated right. version. And this is a whole new, from top to bottom, like even like Michael J. White is not the Bronze Tiger. So they have brand new people from top to bottom. Because you uh, watched more of Arrow than I did. So for all I know, they explained how he got on the island. But when he watched on shore, a part of me was like, ooh, that would be really cool. If now we just see the helmet in the sand, like in the shots. It's funny because I know how much the CWC did do that. And my, my first inclination when I first heard this, I was like, oh, that's, I don't know the, the actor who played uh, Deathstroke on the show, but I definitely knew that that wasn't his voice because his voice is very succinct. And I was like, oh, this sounds like Michael. Oh, it is Michael Chiklis. Now I'm very confused as to what we're like, this is a brand new, completely different thing than what I was used to. And I thought he did a good job. I just, considering how I knew how connected the seed was before, uh, that threw me off a little bit. It was also kind of a bummer because I really liked the Justice League Apocalypse dark stuff we got. Yeah. And at first I thought this was their new, I guess, second Flashpoint continuity after the end of that. And I really liked the idea of starting off with Deathstroke and a new DC right. animated feature world. But alas. Yeah, I mean, this almost it sucks because after that, I feel like this is more of a, especially when you have CWC and Greg Berlanti more being on, this feels more of a throwaway than it does with the in line with the rest of the stuff that they've sort of done um, and I think that's why the tier is down a little bit from what we used to get but look I think I don't mind buying this if only to support DC a little bit right now since they just went in and gutted and it like a fish sliced everyone down yeah <laughs> so part of me is like yeah take my 20 bucks yeah, I don't you, need it you, you've earned this because literally everyone has been fired <laughs> Really weird look to do that before fandom in, in this month. That's a good point. Yeah, fandom is coming. They're basically fired everybody, and then DC Universe is now stripping for parts and putting it on different wherever they can. So that's going to go away too. So it's like, oh, this is okay. Cool, DC. This is uh, we got we got HBO Max with the Zack Snyder cut. Come see what we got to do at fandom. Like, that's that's it. Cool. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure we'll get a lot of answers to none of the questions I've posed there. <laughs> but hopefully, Correct. I'd love if that showed us what they're going to do next with the animated movies, because I've liked both of the main continuities they did, pre-Flashpoint and Flashpoint Forward. I, I really enjoy having this animated universe that can kind of get a little bit more R-rated and more mature. And I think, you know, we ended the world last time and had the flash hit the reset button again. Right. I would not mind if we saw some more stuff out of that, especially when theaters are still closed. And yeah, if I can get some type of a adult animation, like I think now I'm spoiled now with Harley Quinn and how great that that is. But uh, yeah, if we can get some type of adult or grown up. Um, cartoons that I'm perfectly fine with because I don't need everything to be blood and, and cursing but I just think when you start doing stuff too where just the tone is darker where you're clearly not going for kids I feel like that is more in line with what I think the DC animation stuff should be doing. 
Well, and it's exactly the stuff we'll never get from Disney and Marvel. You won't see as Correct. kind of bummed out as I was with this Deathstroke movie. The reality is, is that at least they tried to give me this. We'll never get something analogous like this on Disney Plus. Correct. So I'd almost rather have a mediocre R-rated cool time and an amazing me. show like Harley Quinn than just constantly be like, oh yeah, no, we hit the we hit the formula button yeah. and out came the money. I mean, I mean, case in point, like Marvel, Disney has basically had Marvel remove all of their branding off of Hellstrom, which is on Hulu, but that's because it's an it's so it's an adult version or an adult look at that character, which is that character should be an adult stuff. It's the same with Ghost Rider. And I'm like, why? Like, I, there are some comics on Marvel that are just dark and adult. Like, you can't do a Ghost Rider Disney, Disney-fied, or you can't do Hellstrom Disney-fied. So I don't know why they're, like, distance ourselves with those. They can all exist in the same world. You just don't have to play in the same sandbox. And I think DC yeah. does a better job of just doing that with everything that they have. Well, hopefully they figure it out, because, you know, I am starved for new content, and yeah so i want it all by because by that's what sucks is by now we should have had both black widow and the the winter soldier show would both be in our our possession by now like we would both have them i want them i would pay thirty (laughs) dollars for them yeah like you give me that instead of mulan disney i I, i'm I'm, you get my 30 bucks (laughs) right well do you have anything else to add to deathstroke or should i wrap us out of here no you can take us out Great. That's our show, guys. Thank you for listening. Feel free to leave us a review on iTunes and follow us on Hollywood ADI on Twitter. Hollywood already did it on Facebook or on Instagram at Hollywood already did it. I'm at, as always, Blake and Terrence is at Terrence Tatum. And we will see you whenever another movie comes out. Who knows? Instagram will show me another animated ad for something and we'll have an episode. (laughs) Like, we'll go that way. (laughs) All right. Later.